up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inter-Miami, the Miami Herald show about everything football, Inter-Miami, you name it. I'm Andre Fernandez, deputy sports editor at the Miami Herald, joined once again by our Inter-Miami beat writer, Michelle Kaufman. And we are fresh off a eventful, to say the least, preseason that saw a whole global tour, some ups and downs on and off the field, some drama, injuries, drama about injuries. And it all finally capital. It all finally finished with the tie one one against uh, Newell's Old Boys at home for Inter Miami. Messi and Suarez played together, but neither one scored. So Inter Miami fans would hope they're saving all of this for the real thing. The real thing being the one that starts on Wednesday night against Real Salt Lake. But Michelle, it's finally here. The season is ready to start. The season is finally here. It seems like it. It. I don't know. It seems like this season it. It almost never ends. It's just, it ended and then all the drama started again and they signed Luis Suarez. And then this tour was just so full of drama. It was almost like, I mean, preseason is usually a quiet period, you know, but not for <laughs> this team. This team doesn't know how to do anything quiet or unassuming. This is a very uh, dramatic, I will use the word dramatic team. Um, yeah. And so the final game, the final preseason game, was against Newell's old boys, which was sort of a, you know, a nice reunion for Tata and for and for Messi uh, with their hometown team that they both grew up with. They're both big fans of that club. Tata is a legend there as a player. In fact, I found some pictures of him. <clears throat> I wish I could show them on this screen, but look it up. Look up Tata Martino, young Newell's old boys, and you will see uh, a handsome, <laughs> a handsome young man wearing very short shorts that they used to wear back then when he played, they do not, they were not dressing the way they do now. Uh, so anyway, uh, it was fun for him and for Leo to, to see, and they had a lot of fans there. They actually had a lot of Newell's fans, some of whom flew in from Argentina, some were just there in the stands, uh, but they were very loud and they were very loud for Messi, very supportive of Messi, which I'm sure was nice for him coming off that, bad reception that he got in Hong Kong. Um, I'm sure it was very nice for him to have a nice, warm hometown reception. Uh, and uh, he played 60 minutes. He started the game. He played 60 minutes. So did Luis Suarez. Um, they played well. They had some good moments, but they did not score. Uh, they did not score. And uh, all of a sudden, when they left the game, they were replaced by Schneider by Schneider Borgelin, a local guy, 6'5", Haitian-American from North Fort Lauderdale. Uh, he came in and Robert Taylor, and boom, Schneider scored. They got their first goal in that game from Schneider Borgelin, who had not had any minutes in the preseason during that whole tour. He went on the tour, but he never got a right. chance to play. So he got a chance to play, and he scored. And it was off a, a really nice cross from Robert Taylor. Um, so, you know, what we take away from that game, is that the team definitely looked better than it had in the earlier part of the preseason. Um, they did score a goal, although at the end they gave up They gave up an equalizer. So that's something that has been sort of a pattern that they score and then they give up another goal. Uh, so they need to really lock down a little more on defense. Um, but, yeah, you know, they looked better than they had. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's hope. They look better than they were. Uh, and Schneider would like them to see that, hey, don't forget about me. You know, 
I'm six five. I'm really big. I can add something, a presence, uh, once in a while, offset pieces and stuff like that. He's a guy that can that can get a header and and you know give them some goals. So I think some of these preseason games, as we had mentioned last time, was an opportunity for little used players to, to get a chance to for a few moments and get into the coach's heads, you know, the radar of the yeah. coach stuff. And I think Schneider definitely did that. Yeah, they're going to need more of that. You know they're going to need, and that was good to see, some of those players really step in because they're going to need contributions. And we're going to get into some of the ways that they're going to have to manage minutes and some of that in this episode. But, uh, you know, with the with the opener on tap, let's, uh, let's dive right in and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the impending moves. I mean, Gregor transferred to Brazilian club Botafogo to free up some money. But now the big news, the impending arrival of Federico Redondo, and um, this is, could be an impactful acquisition for this team. And again, one that they need. These are the acquisitions they need to get. They need to get these this young wave of talent onto this team. Take advantage, strike while it's hot, and get a guy like him, 21 years old, another Argentine soccer potential star. And uh, what you know, that that's another player that can make a huge impact. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he's a player that, from what I've seen, what I've read about him, you know, he's been compared. It remains to be seen, but he's been compared to a young Busquets. He's a tall, yeah. lanky, uh, you know, deep-lying defensive midfielder who is a midfielder who can push the ball up, but he also can defend. Um, and his father, uh, his father, Fernando, played in the highest level, played at Real Madrid and played in Italy and, and played on the Argentine national team. In fact, Chris Henderson, the sporting director of Inter-Miami, played against his father. And he said his father was just a tremendous player. And this kid grew up with a father who was a top, top level player. So he mm -hmm. has the pedigree. He definitely has the pedigree. And, um, you know, he at 21 years old, from a salary standpoint, um, they had to reduce their salary by a little bit over a million dollars. And uh, in order to do to get to be roster compliant with MLS. And so they had to get rid of a high price player. You know, they had to get rid of a player who had high market value. And that's going to be, you know, it was like uh, the names that were being thrown around were Gregory, Mota, Yedlin, and, you know, guys who make a lot of money and who other teams want. You know, they can't just say, hey, we need to get rid of some players. Let's get rid of some guys who don't play very much. And, you know, no, you have to get rid of sometimes sacrifice a team leader like Gregory. The thing about Gregory is a lot of what he provided the team is not in the stats. Um, you know, he's just a defensive midfielder, you know, had whatever, seven assists or something. But he was a real team leader in the locker room. He was a bridge guy who bridged the, you know, all the people, regardless of background, nationalities, language, everybody related to Gregory. He was also, from what I know from the insiders who work in the front office, he was a guy that would do anything. You know, you could call him at the last minute, the PR staff needs somebody to go do an appearance or to sign some autographs or to do whatever. Gregory was one of those guys, you know, and, and that's not yeah. so common in professional athletics. He was one of those right. really true class guy, professional guy with the media, with the front he's, office. He's a glue guy. Yeah. So he's a glue yeah. guy. So that's a big loss. But what they get in return and with him only being 21, they can put him in the U22 initiative, which means that in the complicated MLS salary structure, his salary will only count as 200000 within the salary cap. That's all that goes up because he's a young talent who's a developing talent. So even though he's already 
you know, been on the radar of Bayern Munich and some other big teams, maybe even Real Madrid, where his dad played. This kid has has the eyes of some European scouts. But apparently, I mean, we're waiting for the final, final, you know, signatures. But what I've heard is that he is going to accept the offer and is going to come play here. He then has to go through the visa process. So he would not be available for the first few games. They're hoping that for the Champions League uh, start, the Champions Cup start uh, in the first week of March, that he would be available maybe for that. Either way, though, to balance that roster out a little bit, it's going to be great. Whatever he does arrive, a kid like that, uh, well sought after, like you said, for a lot of premier European clubs that really could use his services. I was looking the other day, Bayern Munich struggling right now. They could use all the help they can get, but good for Inter Miami. And uh, Michelle and I will both be out there on Wednesday night covering this uh, game against Real Salt Lake, where the regular season feels like every game has some kind of importance, but this is it for real now. The MLS schedule starting. The question is, are you going to said game? Because if you are, you're lucky because Inter-Miami is the hottest ticket in MLS per StubHub. 25, 25 most highest-selling games so far this season all involve Inter-Miami, if you can believe it or not. They are all part – I mean, that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. That's like if right now the NBA had the highest-selling tickets were all the heat. Like, what about everybody else? That just shows you the impact of this team. So, I mean – that, that's just incredible, and we're going to start seeing that chaos on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's unbelievable. StubHub uh, sent out a press release. They did sort of an MLS preseason look at their ticket sales. And, yes, the top 25 games all involve Inter-Miami slash Messi, let's face it. Uh, 15 road games, 10 home games. So 10 of them were home games, but 15 of those are road games. So it shows the impact, the impact that Lionel Messi Rocio. had of the league. Uh, that it's just, it's just insane. Uh, you know how uh, the impact that he has on on ticket sales all over the league, everywhere he goes. So you know, the, for LA, for the New England Revolution, there, you know, the New England Revolution is opening up their stadium to full capacity in order to you know accommodate the people that are that want to see Messi. So. A lot of these other teams, the opponents, are opening up whatever sections they usually have blocked off. They're opening up. They're selling all these tickets. Um, it is the hottest ticket, which is really interesting because uh, I have never in 35 years of sports writing seen a team that basically finished second, you know, almost last place in the league, did not even make the playoffs. And they are the hottest ticket. The hottest ticket in the league is not the Columbus Crew. Which is the defending champion. It's not like the Super Bowl here, where the Kansas City Chiefs are the hot team that everybody wants to see or whatever. Uh, this is one of the worst, one of the teams that had the worst showings in the last couple of years, last year, especially in MLS. That is the hottest team. It's the hottest ticket. That's the ticket everybody wants. That's the ticket everyone's buying. And that is because of number 10. That's because of Lionel Messi and then his friends that he brought along. Those four are you know four superstars we've called them the mount rushmore uh everyone wants to see them and um so the ticket sales StubHub gave all kinds of great statistics you can see my story i put a story up just about the incredible impact that messi has had on ticket sales and it hasn't slowed down this season if anything it's more um from the start of the season from the opening gate you know he's here and luis suarez is here and busquets and alba they're starting the season with the full deck 
and everybody wants to see this team. Yeah, they are like you two at the Sphere or Taylor Swift. I mean, you know, it's the hot ticket, the one that you need. You need. You need to get. If you're lucky, you get it early. If not, you're screwed. I don't even know if you can get it off of someone selling it outside the stadium for, for you're not paying through the nose. But this is going to be this is going to be an interesting season just from that standpoint. Seeing how the craziness develops, game in and game out, and to see how they manage that. And I think that was something very interesting that you and I talked about off camera that you said Tata Martino uh, had, had had asked you, that said, please, to, to deliver this message through your writing. They can't tell sometimes day-to-day, game-to-game. You know, they can't just give them an announcement on Messi's status days before. Sometimes these guys are going to have nagging injuries game-to-game, and it's going to have to be you know, a day-to-day thing where they're going to have to kind of, you know, like like in any sport, which is a basic thing in any sport, and we see it all the time in everything, basketball, football, you name it. But we saw what happened in Hong Kong. We saw the the backlash in Hong Kong and China and continued apologies, another one issued by video by Messi uh, in recent days as well. But uh, uh, tell me about that, just the way Tata, you know, kind of told you, Michel, por favor, Yes, I was talking to Tata yesterday. I had a one-on-one with him to preview the season. And I talked to him about, you know, how does how is he going to manage all of these players with the number of games that they have, the number of cups that they have? Uh, how is he going to manage the high expectations that the fans have very high expectations for this team? And the fans also want to see Messi, the fans who are buying all these tickets at high prices, not only the season ticket holders here, but the people that are buying in all these other markets and those 15 markets who have the 15 of the 25 top, you know, games already are those people want to see Messi. And so I asked Tata, how do you balance that when, you know, let's say that in new England, there are 60,000 people who bought tickets to see Messi and he has a nagging injury. Do you play him a little bit? Do you hold him out altogether? You saw what happened in Hong Kong. And he said to me, yes, very directly, please, I want you, you know, please, in whatever you're writing, explain to the fans that our players, if they are healthy, si están sano, van a jugar. If they are healthy, they are going to play. If they have a serious injury that they know it's going to be extended period, they're going to be out. They will say, like they do with Kramashi, they will say, this guy's going to be out. We don't expect to have him for this game or that game. He said when it's a muscle injury, like what happened with Messi in Hong Kong um, and and when he was in Saudi Arabia, he said those really are day-to-day decisions. It's based on how the player feels. It's a muscle pull. It's a muscle groin, you know, a groin pull, a hamstring pull, a calf. We've all had them. We're not world-class athletes. It probably takes us way longer to recover than those guys. Um, but we've all had muscle injuries. And when you have a muscle injury, sometimes it kills you one day. And then the next day you wake up and you're feeling much better or not. It depends. So he said that he wants the fans to understand that he's very happy that there's so much excitement about this team. He's very happy that people want to see Lionel Messi. He understands all of that. He's the greatest player. They're very fortunate to have him. But he said he wants the fans to also understand that if somebody is injured, they're not going to throw them out there and risk a further injury or risk aggravating the injury just because there's a full house and people bought tickets. He said, you know, that's just part of sports. 
That's part of every sport. They hope that no one will be injured. They hope that everybody can always play. They're not holding out players deliberately. These guys want to play Messi more than anybody. Messi never wants to leave the field. He wants to play every single game, 90 minutes. And Tata really stressed that to me, that he hopes after what happened in Hong Kong, he said that he really hopes that the fans here in MLS who are buying all these tickets um, understand that they hope that he will play. And if he is healthy, he will play. If he is not healthy and he can't play, sometimes it may be the day before or even the morning of if he thinks he can play. And then he decides he wakes up and he's stiff or he runs around and he can't. He wants fans to be understanding that that this is just normal. This is sports. Right. This is part of sports. And it's not they're not trying to pull anything over on anybody. They understand everyone wants to see him play. He wants to play. And he really wanted to make that message clear in the preseason because he's already seen the number, the ticket numbers that are being thrown around out there already from people buying tickets for games in July and August. And we don't know. We don't know any of these players how their health is going to be in July or August. We don't know how their health is going to be after tomorrow's game. You know, this is sports. They're humans. They're not robots. They're human beings. Right. And this happens. Some of these fans need to get used to it. Like, this happens all the time. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe in American sports, we're used to it where up to Sunday at 1130, we're waiting to see inactives in the NFL. Like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is down today or so-and-so is down today or in the NBA with guys on maintenance plans that, you know, well, Jimmy Butler will sit at times 20 games a year and things like that. Imagine dealing with that. But these guys are traveling rock stars and no one wants to hear that. No one that's paying through, you know, money through the nose the way they are wants to hear that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that dynamic. But it's a fact of life in sports for sure. But these guys, Michelle, as of this recording, were, were a day before the big game, the big opener. And you got a chance to talk to everybody's some of them over healthy. the last couple of days. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's healthy. healthy. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Everybody's healthy. In fact, Tata, Tata said um, on Tuesday, Tata said that as of right now, if, if Leo Messi and Luis Suarez had to play 90 minutes on Wednesday against Real Salt Lake, they could. He said okay. right now they are fully fit. If they had to play 90 minutes, he believes they would be fit to play 90 minutes. Um, everybody is, is healthy. Um, Freire is the only one. Nico Freire came in with some, I believe it's knee, lower leg injury situation that's been nagging from when he came from Greece. He has not fully recovered from that. So he said he's the only one uh, that's really questionable, other than, of course, you know, Kramashi is out, and and but he asked, you know, these guys who had longer range injuries. Right. Um, but other than Freda, he said that he saw the full team uh, looking healthy and fit. That was really his goal with this preseason. He said, yes, it was difficult. It was complicated to play all those games in so many time zones. But the main priority for him was to get everybody back healthy. And he feels that that they did that and they also felt that you know that they got something out of that tour which i'm writing about in my in my preseason uh, in my season preview that it looked from the outside like that tour was a disaster because from a pr standpoint it seemed like a disaster and when you look at the scores you know losing 6-0 winning only one game the one game they won was in hong kong where everybody booed them so it looked from the outside like oh my god what a mess from the inside I spoke to several players and Tata and Chris Henderson um, and they all, you know, of course they're going to try to 
put a positive spin. I understand that. But they really all did say a similar thing, which is that they have already as a group overcome adversity. And, you know, normally when you're in preseason, it's very quiet. Julian Gressel said that his entire career in MLS preseason, he was pretty much in his training shirt. He didn't even put on full uniform for all of the preseason scrimmages. He said, I didn't really put on my uniform, my real uniform until the opening day, you know, but with these guys, they basically did their preseason training for in front of the whole world, in front of packed stadiums, in front of, you know, Apple TV audience. So they had to put on their real uniforms for those games. And several of them said, and Chris Henderson and Tata, that in a way they got to experience pressure uh, in, you know, in hostile environments. They got to travel really long distances. Uh, Chris Henderson said that they they had special diets uh, for the long road trips in the, on the planes. They did some experimental things, including some vitamins and some uh, special, you know, vitamin water, something that they drank during the plane rides to see if they could stay more hydrated and more electrolytes and everything on long, long, long flights. And they said maybe they would that would serve them well when they're flying to Seattle or when they're going to, you know, a distant uh, road trip like L.A. So they right. did say that there was a lot of experimentation that went on, um, but they feel like they bonded. They feel like they went through adversity as a group which is something you dorm normally don't get to do in the preseason. So yes, they kind of exposed themselves to some ugly moments on and off the field that the whole world got to witness. Like their dirty laundry was hanging there for everybody to see or normally it's behind closed doors, but they all have said in English and Spanish, we're ready. Estamos listos. Whoever I was talking to, whether it was English or Spanish, the message was the same. We are ready. We're fit. We're ready. We have already experienced adversity. We have already played against some really good teams. Everyone was pointing out to me that the two teams in Saudi Arabia, maybe two of the best teams they played all season. Those two teams had a lot of top talent, players who came from Europe, uh, top leagues who you know had accepted very large contracts to go there. And they were in mid-season form. They had just taken a small break in January. Uh, for this tournament that they were going to play in, but they were in midseason form. Miami was 10 days into their preseason. So it really was, you know, they were not really ready as we saw. They were not really ready to be thrown into the fire that way, but they were. And the other thing that a lot of them brought up is that some of the younger players uh, who didn't get that much chance to play had an opportunity to show a little bit what they can do in the fire. And some of them mm -hmm. held up pretty well. So that will serve them well going in the future. As we have said many times now, they're going to have to rotate. There are going to be moments where different players are going to have to step up, where the starters are not going to be able to start every game or play every game or only play 45 minutes. So, uh, you know, overall, I don't know whether to drink the Kool-Aid, but they are feeling positive. They're feeling optimistic. At least they're putting on a good face about it. Uh, we'll, right. We don't know what they really feel inside their gut, but they all were very positive and kept telling me that the tour was not a disaster as it might've looked from outside, that from the inside, they felt like they got a lot out of it. Yeah. Well, time will tell games will tell results will tell. And it starts Wednesday yes. night at, uh, and uh, against the team Real Salt Lake that uh, was a playoff team last year, finished fifth in the Western conference, had a crazy series that went had two games that went into PKs with the Houston dynamo before they got eliminated. 
And a local connection, a former Miami Fusion player, the coach at Salt Lake, uh, Pablo Mastroeni, that used to play for the Fusion back yes. in the day. So, so an interesting I opener. Him. From, yeah, I was going to say, you probably, I'm sure you did back then. Um, I did. I covered yeah. him. I was covering yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. So no it's, I covered it's, 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 it's interesting. Yeah, I covered Pablo Mastroeni as a player and Chris Henderson. They were both players uh, for the Miami Fusion back when Ray Hudson was the coach. And, uh, you know, Pablo was a he was a defensive midfielder, a just tenacious, tenacious defender, midfielder who he was like the best slide tackler that I had seen to that point. Just really, really good, technically good player, smart guy, um, very gritty. And uh, he played for the U.S. national team as well. Anyone who followed the U.S. national team back then knows his name. And he has gone on to have a very good career in the front office and managerial career in major league soccer. So he's coming back to that picture that you see behind me, that field, <laughs> that is not the actual field that he played on because Lockhart stadium right. was knocked Next down door. and redone to build this stadium. But it is the grounds that he walked on. Those mm -hmm. are the grounds that he walked on and his career, you know, got started in MLS back then with, with uh, the Miami fusion and those of us who followed the team back then all remember him very fondly. And I'm sure he will get a warm welcome from the longtime South Florida soccer fans who remember Pablo and Chris Henderson as, as guys who played back then. Um, yeah, and his team, it's a long ball, long ball possession team. They have a new a new signing this year that's been a really big signing, Colombian uh, summer, sign, summer signing, which was Chicho Arango. And he's made a big difference on this team. He's a guy that everybody needs to watch out for. He plays alongside with uh, Diego Luna, midfielder. And, uh, you know, they've got some interesting players. There's a 17-year-old uh, Mexican-American. His name is Fidel Barajas. I know Fidel maybe not be the most popular name in Miami, but uh, Fidel, Bar uh, Fidel Barajas, uh, young guy, 17 years old. Um, you know, they also have some young players uh, like Inter-Miami has some young young talent so it's going to be a really interesting I asked Tata what he expects from Real Salt Lake and he said you know you never know they're they're planning for a few different scenarios to see how they come out are they pressing high are they staying back what are they doing he said that they have a couple of different game plans depending on on how uh, Salt Lake lines up but you know this is not going to be an easy game like you said this is a team that was three points from second place in the West. So yes, they finished in fifth, but they were three points from being in second place. So they were, they were a right. team that, that did very well. And you know, like every other team that plays against inter Miami, they are going to want to win. Everybody wants to meet mess, beat Messi. Everyone wants to play their best. They want to show in Suarez and Busquets and Alba that, Hey, you guys may have played for Barca, but we can handle you guys. We're, we're no, we're not chopped liver over here. Okay. We right. can play with you guys. And so they're going to want to show that. So they are going to bring their best game. They are going to bring their best. They're bringing their A-plus game. Every guy on that field is going to be playing his A-plus game. And there is immense pressure on Inter-Miami to win its opener at home. You know, nobody, there's not as much pressure on Salt Lake. Salt Lake is playing on the road against the superstar team with Lionel Messi. There's no pressure on them whatsoever. I think they can come in loosey-goosey. And, and feel, you know, comfortable, whereas the Inter-Miami guys come in 
under the glare of the spotlight from around the world. Okay, here you are. No more excuses. Full preseason. You've got Suarez now. You've got Messi. You've got Busquets. You've got Alba. You've got Gressel. You've got all these people. Show us something now. Win right. some games. No more excuses. You got to start winning in MLS. And uh, that's what the season tickets holders want. And that's what the fans watching on Apple are going to want. So it, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team. A lot of pressure on this team. And to wrap this episode up, I'm sure that's also what Chase Bank wants. And I say that because the stadium okay. shown right behind Michelle. No longer, no more DRV, PNK, Drive Pink, whatever. No, it is now Chase Stadium from now on. And uh, the signage is already up. The announcement was made. The Miami Herald and Michelle broke the news today. And today being Tuesday. Sorry, everybody listening now on a Wednesday. But uh, this week. And we have a new name on the stadium. So the sponsor will is... Uh, has been unveiled, and I'm sure that's, you know, again, just adding to it, adding to everything that has been invested in this team as we start this uh, 2024 campaign. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how they can get started here. Time to, like you said, time to show up, time to put up or shut up. A lot has been made. There's too much talent on the field for this thing not to succeed, you would think. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the chase, you know, it was a big deal. That It looks like they didn't say exactly – they said multi-year. They didn't say how many years or how much money, but the indication is that it is a long-term uh, sponsorship, a long-term partnership that I believe will then spill over to Miami Freedom Park. They are the name sponsor yeah. for this stadium now, for this season and for next season. And uh, you know, whenever the Miami Freedom Park does open, which they keep saying December 25 is the target date, but all I've seen is, you know, piles of dirt spread out, but um, they need to start, you know, they need to start doing something. I want to see some hard right. hats over there, more hard hats. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Chase is a, you know, JP Morgan Chase. It's a worldwide bank. It's an, it's an international global sponsor, which once again, you know, feeds into the theme of this team, you know, everything. It's not yeah. just a local team. It's not just, Auto Nation Drive Pink Stadium. This is now, you know, a global, international global bank that is investing, I don't know how much, but presumably a whole lot of money to get the stadium naming rights um, for a period of time. And I, I believe it sounds like their sponsorship will spill over once they're in the new stadium. I don't know if that's what it'll be called, because I think it was going to be called Miami Freedom Park, but it sounds like it's a uh, a very big investment in the team. So once again, one more investment that, you know, they were talking before Messi got here. I asked them that. I said, was this because of Messi? Oh, no, no, no. We were talking before Messi. But some sources that I spoke to inside said that definitely when Messi came, it, it escalated. It accelerated. A lot of the sponsors, a lot of the sponsors and sponsorships uh, came to fruition after they signed Messi. That was kind of the final thing push sponsors over the edge so yeah uh a new stadium name now it's no longer drive pink it was fun while it was drive pink i like those auto nation people uh you know they did some great stuff and i love the uh you know the cancer awareness and everything that they did and people should still continue to support all of the efforts that auto nation does with their with their drive pink campaign uh against breast cancer but now we are now chase stadium that is the new stadium that is going to be the new name and uh, I can also tell you they had a food tasting for the media 
of some of the new food items that are going to be available uh, for the fans. And let me tell you, I think I gained five pounds just walking past the buffet. So they've got lobster rolls and fish tacos oh and these hamburgers that have like all these crispy onions on top and another one with, I don't know what, I mean, oh, wow. all kinds of different kinds of food. And uh, so anyway, for those fans who go out there, there will be a lot of food options at the newly named Chase Stadium on Wednesday night. I, I suggest that people that are going get there early. It's going to be a full house. A lot of people maybe have maybe not been there before, so they're driving around. And they don't really know where they're going. So please get there early. And I know one deputy sports editor that's going to start getting there early every time he has to do these games. After I hear that, shoot, I'll be there. I'll be. I'm going to try to get there at six if that's the case. Beat the line. Well, I don't think that that is not that's not the food well, that the is going to be given. No, that's yeah. true. You can that's go true. and you can go and buy if you want to go. You know, buy the food yeah. that's the high end food During that I'm game, telling or, you that was in the buffet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, we get decent food in the, in the press box, the working, the working class that's in the press box, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff that they're offering is, whoa, some of the stuff they're yeah. offering looks, looks like really, it. really nice. Yeah. So, sounds like it. Well, should be a good time at chase stadium. No matter what, got to get used to saying that everybody. Um, but Michelle and I will be there, like we mentioned before, and we'll be back next week with another episode of inside Inter Miami to recap, uh, what happens in the opener and We'll be two games in at that point, so a little more of a recap on how this season has begun uh, at that stage of the game. But for Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. Thanks, as always. Remember, you can catch us here at MiamiHerald.com and, of course, on YouTube, and you can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, you name it. Will we have a pitolero moment in the first two matches? We shall see. For now, Michelle's doing it, and we will see you next week. Thanks once again for watching Inside Inter Miami.